Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's series in the book of Song of Solomon called An Invitation to Intimacy. These teachings are carefully thought out by Pastor Michael and his son, Pastor Shane, and the subject matter is probably best suited for married or engaged couples. These teachings may not be suitable for young children. Now here's Pastor Michael's final teaching in Song of Solomon, chapters 7 and 8, called Wise Principles for Marriage. So we're in the Song of Solomon, which is in the wisdom literature, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the Song of Solomon. We are dealing with some mature content, so I'll give you just a heads up that if you have young ones either watching live stream or in the sanctuary, just we will have some mature content, so that's a heads up. Song of Solomon will be completed today. We'll do the last two what's called idols, idols number six and seven. The book is made up of seven idols. They are seven poems or uh, parts of the play set in a romantic, pastoral kind of setting. We did the fifth idol on Wednesday night. We called it Time to Dance Again. We've watched this couple court. We've watched them have a marriage and a honeymoon. We've watched them move through a time of conflict. We've watched them on Wednesday night kiss and make up. And now there are many scholars that believe that we are moving through life. Uh, Some believe that we're going to watch the couple as they grow old, but we're going to watch them through stages of marriage, we could say for decades, for a lifetime until, you know, death do us part. And there's a lot of insight in these last, in this last section, idols number six and seven, which I would just encourage you, if you've never taken notes before, this would be a day to take notes. We're going to have practical wisdom, and that's what we're calling the message, uh, principles, uh, wise principles for marriage. And uh, I'm going to try to give you as much practical as I can. We're going to get some definitions of love in the Song of Solomon. What is love? What does it look like? How is it lived out? There's going to be romantic parts in the uh, text about lovemaking and the like, and we've already experienced some of that. But we're also going to be talking about friendship and dating and leaving and cleaving. There's a lot here for us to take in. I will say some of you are excited that this series is over today. And uh, I will just say repent uh, if that's you. No, I realize that as we have talked about these topics, uh, it may not be something that you're used to at all. I was talking to a brother who's been in church for many decades. He's a seasoned believer a doctorate in theology, and he said he's never heard the Song of Solomon preached on a Sunday morning ever in his whole church experience. And that doesn't bode well for where we are as a society and a church culture. I also realize that some of you are single, some of you are divorced, some of you have lost a spouse, some of you are on the you know, looking toward the future of a marriage, and there's going to be stuff, I think, for all of us There's going to be spiritual truth about Christ and his bride that we'll bring into it so we can all learn how to press in to our great husband or our bridegroom, Jesus Christ. We're going to try to do it all, and we're going to try to do it all in about the next 45 minutes. So we have a lot ahead of us. 
Uh, I think there can be a share of hurt uh, as we've moved through this series. Uh, and that, that is understandable because there's a lot of brokenness when it comes to intimacy, to sex, to marriage. A lot of us did it the wrong way. A lot of us never were loved the way that we see in this book. And I said on Wednesday night, if that's you, I'm sorry. I don't think that that's what God wanted for you. But I know God can take the broken pieces wherever you find yourself, whether you've had a wonderful journey or a treacherous one or somewhere in between. And remember that God's word is divine surgery. Hard truth is still profitable truth. Some of this may be hard for you to hear, but if it moves you more towards maturity in your faith and healing, it's a good thing. Amen? So hard truth is still good. And God does divine surgery on us, and he is always gracious with us. Let's just pray one more time. Father, for all the precious souls that have uh, ventured into this place to worship you in spirit and in truth, I pray that you would honor them because they've decided to honor you. And I pray that you have been honored in the way that we've taught the word and in the way that we respond as a congregation. We want to have ears to hear what you would say to your church in this hour. This is a strange hour, Lord. Our world has tipped off the deep end in these areas of sexuality and marriage. And it's hard to keep track of everything that's going on around the world and in our country, Lord. It seems like we've lost every sense of normalcy and biblical wisdom. But oh, how we need a biblical worldview, Lord. And it's got to start with your people. If it doesn't start with us, it's not going to happen. And so would you help us, Lord, to have sensitive, teachable hearts? Would you help us to teach the word accurately, cut it straight, uh, to find the grace and the love that's in it as well? And I pray that you do a mighty work this morning for your glory. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. You may have heard that there's another attempt on a national level to redefine marriage. Uh, basically, this is an ali ali oxen free. Marriage can mean whatever you want it to mean, whether it's, you know, it's going to end up being group marriage, polygamy, same sex marriage, you name it. It's going to be uh, defined as marriage in our country. That's where we are today. And some of you may say, well, why does it really matter? Can't we just have a live and let live attitude after all? People are autonomous. They have free will. They're going to do what they're going to do. And while that is true, what we need to understand is that marriage is a spiritual institution and it needs spiritual and biblical guidance and wisdom to work. You cannot be blessed if you don't do it God's way. Now, it's possible to get things right and adjust your life if you started off the wrong way or even if right now you would say it's been a bumpy road. There's time to change direction. There's always time for a new beginning in Jesus, for your marriage, for your personal life, whatever it may be. But we can see that marriage is under attack. The very definition is under attack. What do we do? Well, we've got to go to the Word of God. We've got to see what the Word of God says about these things. We're picking up the sixth idol in 711. So we have the Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 11, and it opens this way. Come, my beloved, let us go out into the country. She's speaking. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let us rise early, song 712, 
and go to the vineyards. Let us see whether the vine has budded and its blossoms have opened, whether the pomegranates have bloomed. There I will give you my love. It's kind of springtime, and their love is seemingly always in springtime. The mandrakes have given forth fragrance over our or behind our doors. All are all choice fruits, both new and old, new and old, which I have saved up for you, my beloved. I can't help but think of the song, I'm saving all my love for you. And I can't hit the note, otherwise I would try, but it might clear out half the building if I tried, so I won't go. But here, as we get deeper principles about marriage and what it's supposed to, be, to look like, we did a marriage conference recently, and we talked about the art of dating or learning to date again. Would you look at verse 11? Come, my beloved, let's go. Let's go into the country. Let's spend the night at the five seasons or whatever it's called, right? Let, let's get a nice hotel room. Let, let's get out of Dodge. Let's go and spend time together. No matter how many years you've been married, there is a, always a place for continuing to date and maybe even renewing your dating life. Now, seasons and times change throughout life, and we've acknowledged that it seems like when you're young, you have the freedom to date, but you don't have the money. So uh, you eat, you know, maybe mac and cheese out of a box, and if you were going to stay in a hotel, it might be a Motel 6, and you might have to share the bed with a roach or two, and that doesn't sound very romantic. And then in midlife, we have children. So to get away for a weekend might really be complicated. We have to get a babysitter. We got to, you know, figure out all the logistics. And then when you get older, you're too tired to go out of town anyway. (laughs) Just kidding. You have a little bit more freedom. You have the money, but you might not have the same motivation because we can all get in routines and and that kind of thing. So here you can see that there's some, some initiative and we don't know you know, how many years they've been married at this point when this is spoken, but it's, it's an exhortation. Come, my beloved, let's go. Let's go out into the country. Let's spend the night. We might say in a hotel, let's go, you know, to the beach or to the mountains. You know, both are an hour away here in Southern California. Let's rise early and go to the vineyards. Let's see whether the vine has budded and its blossoms have opened. They're talking about checking out, you know, the fruit and so forth. The reference to the mandrakes here, scholars say was an ancient aphrodisiac. In fact, in Genesis 30, it's mentioned in verses 14 through 16. And it has the idea of something that would be taken or partaken of to enhance or motivate lovemaking. And that's what a lot of believe, a lot of scholars believe the reference to mandrakes is all about. In fact, she says, Uh, I've saved all my love for you. And she talks about the closed door where they will be alone and they will share their love. Notice in verse 13, it's both new and old. So let's just assume for a moment that this couple has been married for a while. You know, if you've been married for a while, you have old habits or old things that you know about each other. And those can be wonderful things. They, They can be personality things. They can be ways that you communicate without a word. They can be funny little sayings that you have within marriage, nicknames, that kind of thing. My wife and I have been married long enough to pretty much know what one another's thinking. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
If you listen to Walk in Truth on a regular basis, we could use your help by becoming a monthly financial partner. Our mission on Walk in Truth is to help people like you become better equipped with God's Word to address today's issues, trends, and culture. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. What we really need is more monthly partners so the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come. Our ultimate goal is to eventually become 100% listener-supported and then have the ability to broadcast on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner, giving $10 to $20 a month. You can give online today at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now back to the Walk in Truth series called An Invitation to Intimacy. The subject matter is best suited for married or engaged couples and may not be suitable for younger children. Here's Pastor Michael. And she talks about the closed door where they will be alone and they will share their love. Notice in verse 13, it's both new and old. So let's just assume for a moment that this couple's been married for a while. You know, if you've been married for a while, you have old habits or old things that you know about each other. And those can be wonderful things. They, they can be personality things. They can be ways that you communicate without a word. They can be funny little sayings that you have within marriage, nicknames, that kind of thing. My wife and I have been married long enough to pretty much know what one another's thinking. Uh, we don't have to necessarily talk in the car. In fact, it's preferable if we don't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but we don't have to say a lot because we know each other and we love each other. And so we don't feel compelled always to fill in the gaps, you know. But here's the truth of the matter. There's also the new. And so some of the old is there, but the new is there as well. Notice, she wants to share both new and old. And so this might have the idea that she's creative in her, in her intimacy. She wants to be with him. She wants to share the new and the old. She wants to keep things fresh and exciting, you might say. C.S. Lewis lost his wife, and he was one of the great apologists uh, of the church. And he said one of the things that he missed was the beauty of ordinariness. And he said just kind of knowing that my spouse was there and the what we would call the ordinary moments of life were the things that he missed the most about her. And so that was a way that he expressed his grief. So remember that marriage is not just about those moments when we have exciting intimacy. It's also about the other forms of intimacy, the layers of intimacy, of friendship and security and the beauty of knowing that someone's known you for a long time and you are safe and vulnerable and it's okay. And so we move from this idea of you could call dating, keeping their love alive through dating, to family. 8.1 says, oh, that you were like a brother to me who nursed at my mother's breast. If I found you outdoors, I would kiss you. No one would despise me either. I would lead you and bring you into the house of my mother. 
who used to instruct me, I would give you spiced wine to drink from the juice of my pomegranates. Let his left hand be under my head and his right hand embrace me. Now, here the scene shifts to them visiting their family home. And you can notice the mention of her mother who trained her. And visits to family are wonderful. Uh, The Bible teaches that when you get married, you have a new family. You leave your first family, mom and dad, and you cleave to your spouse. But that doesn't mean that your family's not still part of your life. You should visit and visit regularly, but just make the visits short. (laughs) That was a little attempt at humor. You know, come on, guys. You guys awake? Anyway, short visits are good. (laughs) And so you're saying, well, what does this mean? She's talking about like if he was like her brother and nursed at his, her mother's breast, what does this mean? And scholars say that in the ancient world, in the Semitic culture, it was taboo, wrong to show public affection to your spouse. Uh, I even heard that if you go to Israel today and you walk the streets of Jerusalem, public shows of affection to your spouse are a no-no. And someone might even slap your hand away or say, hey, you're not to be doing that. But if it was your sibling or brother, it would be okay to put your arm around them. You're like, what? Well, it's true. And so she says, I wish you were my brother so I could show affection to you in my mother's house. That's how much she wants to be near him and hold his hand and kiss him. She can't wait to touch him. There's a story about an old couple and they're driving. They've been married 60 years. And as they drive down the road, the wife's pushed all the way against the driver's side door. And finally she says, you know, exasperated, what happened to us? Why is there so much distance between us? And he says, I haven't moved. (laughs) And sometimes over the years, there there was a a book written by Dennis Rainey, the former uh, founder and president of Family Life Ministries. He wrote a book, gold medallion winner called Staying Close. And the premise of the book is that marriages, because of our humanity, naturally move over time to isolation. We are excited about each other at first. We are intimate. We always want to touch and kiss. But as time goes by, Rainey argued, the natural human tendency is to move towards isolation. And his solution in the book was you have to be intentional about keeping romance and intimacy alive. I mentioned in a previous message that some experts say you should kiss 15 to 20 seconds. Keep the kiss going. Count if you have to. Three. I I heard it stirred up some really healthy conversation in one of our small groups. You know, they were counting, apparently. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, the point is this. You have to keep romance alive because you can begin to take one another for granted. And touching and hugging and kissing are all very, very important things. And so she says, I wish that I could call you my brother so that we could touch. It's, it's a really healthy sign when a couple is still older and they still touch. My wife shared a funny video and uh, we couldn't really play it for the congregation because there are a couple uh, parts about it that we probably wouldn't want to share in front of the church. But it was this old couple and they're, they couldn't attend this wedding 
So they were setting, sending wedding blessings via video to this young couple. And they were talking about principles that they wanted to share from 70 years of marriage. And they talked about, she said, have a clean house and <laughs> make sure you pick up after me. And he said, you always yell at me when I don't pick up. And they, it's kind of has some funny moments. And at the end, she kisses him for about a good 10 seconds. And she starts laughing. And she, and she stops laughing and she says, I haven't kissed him like that in 25 years. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> love is affectionate. Love is unashamedly affectionate. And some of us came from a generation where our parents didn't even know how to say I love you. And, and maybe, you know, uh, the men in the family, it was a strong handshake and that was about it. And maybe your dad never told you that he loved you. And, you know, I remember grandpa, uh, I know he loved us, but he, he, it wasn't really something that he said. That generation just thought if you supplied for your family what they needed financially, then, you know, they, they knew, they, they know. But touch is an important thing. And in fact, she goes so far as to use very intimate language in 8.3 that she wishes that they could be intimate. Maybe she's thinking about, she had dreams about her household, uh, her home when she grew up and being intimate with her husband there. I'll, I'll leave that to you. But she ends the sixth idyll with these words of exhortation. I want you to swear, O daughters of Jerusalem, do not arouse or awaken my love, or love, my is added by the translators, until she pleases, or until the time is right. If you're a young person, I really want you to write this down. True love waits. True love waits. Don't arouse those feelings before the time is right. You must guard yourself, guard your virginity, until the time is right. True love will wait. A wise man once said, wise people make short-term sacrifices for long-term gains. You've been listening to Wise Principles for Marriage, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's final teaching on Song of Solomon, Chapters 7 and 8. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Hey, we'd also love to hear from you. You can email Pastor Michael with your questions you may have from today's teaching or maybe from a previous teaching, or maybe you have a question about something else, or you need encouragement or prayer. Hey, maybe you'd like to share how Pastor Michael's teachings have affected you personally. You can always email Pastor Michael at contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Hey, and thanks for reaching out. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find our mailing address on walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. I've mentioned a few times along the way about a book that Dennis Rainey wrote many years ago. I would imagine it was probably back into the early 90s now. A book called Staying Close. It was the gold medallion winner. And Rainey, the original president of Family Life, his premise in that book was that 
relationships will naturally gravitate towards isolation without intentionality. What do you mean, Pastor Michael? Put the cookies on the bottom shelf, would you? Basically, he was saying that because we're human, we can easily isolate without doing things to keep romance alive. In other words, we can easily drift away from our spouse. Uh, At first, when you first get married, there's excitement, honeymoon stage. Uh, some, Some people say the first year is rough. Others say, you know, it's delightful. Everything's new. But what about after a decade or two or three or four or five? Now what? How do we break the routine? We're not doing anything nice for one another, anything romantic. Well, you can't control your spouse. And if you start asking for flowers or romance, it, it may hit with a thud. So you can start it. There was a book that came out not that long ago called The Love Dare. 40 days of just deciding to love your spouse without any expectation of anything in return. Just being patient with them, saying words of affirmation, you know, just blessing them, giving them gifts and no strings attached. And then to see what God might do with that. We'll see you right here next time as we do another look at wise principles for marriage. So glad you're listening. Hey, keep us in prayer. God bless you. And we'll see you right here, Lord willing, tomorrow. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner? Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with some of the the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for only $5 a month, and visit walkintruth.com to give. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's final teaching in Song of Solomon called Wise Principles for Marriage. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.